Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man joining me as always, my brother Cooper. Cooper, despite the technical difficulty we just had, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm a little bit tired, but uh, other than that, I'm good to go. Yeah, so tired that you slept in until noon, almost noon yesterday. Feel a little better? Eh, I don't know if it made me feel better or worse, dude. I'm like, I'm like exhausted. I don't know. Hanging out with my kids all week, I guess, really takes it out of me. Yeah, it can definitely do that for you, bud. But... We got to talk some sports. Let's do it. This sounds like more fun than talking about going to sleep. Even though, you know, when you're an adult, it's kind of fun. It's a great activity as an adult now. All right, man. We're going to talk some baseball. We're going to talk some basketball. So let's Let's get into it. Let's do it. So the American League records for the last week were as follows. Starting from the bottom, going to the top. Orioles went 1-3. Rangers 2-3. Royals 1-5. Twins 4-2. Tigers two and four, Angels two and three, Blue Jays also two and three, Indians three and three, Yankees four and one, Mariners three and two, A's two and three, Rays five and one, Astros two and three, White Sox four and one, and the Red Sox went two and four last week. In the National League, going from the bottom to the top, Diamondbacks went three and two, Pirates four and three, Rockies two and three, Marlins four and three, Nationals two and four, Cardinals three and two, Cubs two and four, Braves three and three, Phillies five and two, Reds four and two, Mets four and three, Padres three and three. Brewers two and four, as well as the Dodgers going two and four, and the Giants went three and two. So the standings as we head into the All Star break, baby. Already, man, the All Star break. Yes, sir. In the American League, out east, the Red Sox went fifty-five and thirty-five with a six-eleven win percentage. They're cheating, man. Freaking cheaters. The Rays went fifty-three and thirty-seven with a five-eighty-nine win percentage in two games behind the Red Sox. The Yankees are 46 and 42 with a 523 win percentage in eight games back. 
The Blue Jays are 45 and 42 with a 517 percentage and eight and a half back. The Orioles are 28 and 60 with a 318 win percentage and 26 games back. In the Central Division, the American League Central Division, the White Sox lead at 53 and 35 with a 602 win percentage. The Indians are 45 and 42, 517 percentage and seven and a half back. The Tigers are 40 and 50, a 444 percentage and 14 games back. The Twins are 38 and 50 and a 432 win percentage and 15 games back. The Royals are 36 and 53, a 404 percentage and 17 and a half back. In the West, uh, the Astros are 54 and 36 <laughs> with a 600 percentage. The A's are 51 and 40 and a 560 percentage and three and a half back. The Mariners are 48 and 42, a 533 percentage and six games back. The Angels are 500 at 40 at 44 and 44. Nine games back. The Rangers are 35-54, win percentage, and 18 and a half back. On the national side, <clears throat> in the East, the Mets still lead the division at 47 to 39 with a 547 win percentage. The Braves are 44 and 45, a game under 500, and a 494 win percentage and four and a half back. The Phillies are also a game under 500, but a different record with a 43 and 44 record, a same win percentage of 494 and four and a half back. The Nationals are 42 and 46 with a 477 win percentage and six game back. The Marlins are 39 and 50, a 438 win percentage and nine and a half back. In the Central Division, the Brewers are 53 and 38, a 582 win percentage and 487. Uh, sorry, the Reds are 47 and 42, a 528 percentage and five games back. The Cubs are 44 and 46, as well as the Cardinals, and they both have a 489 win percentage and eight and a half back. The Pirates are 33 and 56 with 371 percentage and 19 back. Out west in the National League, the Giants are 56 and 32 with a 636 win percentage. The Dodgers are 55 and 35 with a 611 percentage and two games back. The Padres are 53 and 39 with a 576 percentage and five games back. The Rockies are 39 and 51 a 433 win percentage and 18 games back. And the Diamondbacks dead last 26 and 65 with 286 win percentage and 31 and a half back. <laughs> Yikes. So, let's continue talking baseball. Our notes as follows. Once again, we talk Shohei Otani. The reason being is that the first time All-Star has set the MLB record for a Japanese-born player for home runs in a single season. Shohei Otani currently sits at 33 home runs heading into the All-Star break. The previous record, as we discussed, was held by Hideki Matsui of the New York Yankees, who hit 31 home runs in 162 games. Otani has a fair, more than a fair chance at doubling that record. There's also a report this past week that Otani has yet to take batting practice prior to games. If this is truly the case, that is a remarkable feat for Shohei Otani. So, Cooper, your thoughts on Shohei Otani? Dude, you know, every generation gets this once-in-a-lifetime player. Mm-hmm. And I think this is it, dude. Right. This guy is just like, he's the epitome of what baseball should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the modern-day Babe Ruth. Yes, very much so, as a pitcher and hitter. And yeah. uh, he's got the power. He crushed a home run um, this week that gave him the record, and he's just going to continue to demolish that record as we go through the he's season. He's a beast, dude. So long as he stays healthy. All right, the Miami Marlins are heading into the All-Star break on a bit of a high note. They won 3-4 of four against the Dodgers earlier this week and got a stellar performance out of Pablo Lopez today, who set a modern-day MLB record. Lopez would strike out the first nine batters he faced, which set the modern-day record, breaking the old record of eight um, 
Jermaine Marquez was the most recent pitcher to strike out the first eight batters he faced in a game. Lopez also fell just one strikeout short of matching the all-time consecutive strikeouts in a game, 10, which was last done by Aaron Nova earlier this season. The franchise record for consecutive strikeouts to start a game was five, done by Scott Olson back in 2007. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the Miami, Mar- Miami Marlins getting a little bit of momentum heading into the break. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Uh, dang, man, well, what's with this season? All these records being broke, dude. What's mm. what's going on? What's in you guys' Kool-Aid? What, what Wheaties you eating? Right? I want to know what Lopez was eating, man. 13? Right? I mean, 10 or 9 strikeouts? 9 strikeouts, yeah, man. To start the game. That's crazy. Unfortunately for him, that was the ninth and final one of the game because he never went any more than that, but... That was pretty freaking amazing to get that many strikeouts to start a baseball game. Definitely, man. And, uh, you know, to get a little bit of momentum with that win against the Dodgers in the series um, also helps out a lot for them as well. So we're going to move on. A team who may not be too excited to see the All-Star break, though, are the Chicago White Sox. They currently hold the longest winning streak in the league at five games. Teams tend not to like heading into All-Star break like in hitting into the all-star break while riding a good winning streak since it tends to cool off their momentum and gets a whole ball club out of sync. It'll be interesting to see how the break affects, affects the White Sox coming out against the Astros at home that Friday after the break. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the White Sox and their five-game winning streak heading into the break? Yeah, it's never good when you when you go on a break like that because you want to keep that momentum going. So, uh-huh. I mean... I can understand where fans and, and players alike would probably be a little worried about this, but I think that the White Sox are in a good place right now. Mm-hmm. And I think even if they come back and they lose a couple games, they can get their momentum back pretty yeah. quick. Yeah, definitely. I believe that too. It's just some some teams, in a lot of sports, um, the hockey, the NHL league, yeah. um, you got NBA, they, when they're riding that hot streak, they're like, man – this is a bad time to have this break because all of a sudden, well, now we have to stop in the middle of this, take a break, and then we got to try to come back ready to go. And they're going to have five days off um, besides some of the players that get to be participants in All-Star Weekend activities, the Home Run Derby, and the game itself. But, um, you know, five days off, that's a long time. Oh, it definitely is, man. Because so today was their last game. They'll be off all the way through till Friday. So, But at least they get to open back at home. And it's not a far trip, so you're going to Colorado. You're not going to be that far away when it comes down to it, and you'll be ready to go for the Astros when they come to town. All right. Um, a team, though, that needs to, that needed this break and regrouped themselves are the Atlanta Braves. The Braves were hit hard by the injury bug as Ronald Acuna Jr. has been lost for the season with a torn ACL in his right knee. Acuna Jr. was chasing a deep fly ball off the bat of Marlins um, Jazz Chisholm Jr., who ended up getting inside park inside the park home run on the play. Acuna Jr. made a leap for the ball, but it was just out of his reach, and he would land awkwardly on his leg, on his right leg, resulting in the complete tear of his ACL. So, Cooper, your thoughts on Acuna Jr. being lost for the season? Oh, dude, this is not good, man. Not good at all. Um, not only that, but you don't know what kind of condition he's going to be in when he comes back. Yeah. Um, when you when you have a tear like that. It could be career-altering, so mm-hmm. we will definitely see what happens with this. We'll keep you guys updated. Um, but many prayers go out to him and his family and 
you know, many, many prayers for quick recovery on this because that's, that's sad, man. Yeah. And it's bad, too, because the Braves just finally started climbing back into the season, man. They were near the bottom of the division for a little bit. You know, they were third at one point. I believe we talked about they were fourth in the division. Um, and then they just started getting some momentum, got back in. They're, you know, virtually tied for second right behind the Mets. And then to lose one of your best players. Oh, yeah, man. That's, that's, that's hard. Yeah. Hopefully, like I said, the team can take this time to regroup, get them, get their heads right. And come back um, ready to make us push against the Mets for the division title and a playoff spot. All right, so the Dodgers were struggling a bit this week as evidence from their series loss to the Marlins, as we discussed a little bit ago. They would go on to lose um, game one of the series with the Arizona Diamondbacks this weekend. However, last night in game two, the story was much different. The Dodgers held their own home run derby against the Diamondbacks pitching staff as they matched a total of eight home runs. Two of the home runs happened to be Grand Slams, Justin Turner hitting his first career Grand Slam, and Mookie Betts, which was his fifth career Grand Slam. The Dodgers became the first team in MLB history to have multiple games with at least two Grand Slams in a game in a season. They did it first this season on May 2nd against the Brewers in Milwaukee. The 22 runs is also the most scored by anyone at Dodger Stadium, which opened in 1962, four years after their move from Brooklyn. So Cooper, the historic night for the Dodgers, huh? What is going on with this league, dude? You, you guys are just killing it this year. You know, everybody and and all different teams. I mean, all these different records being broken. You're like, what? And then a night like this? This is like video game status, dude. It's like, yeah. what is going on It's like here? playing the show on Rookie. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I mean, I loved it. I feel, I'm so happy for Turner. Turner actually is one of the not best hitters, but he's a really good hitter with bases lo- in base loaded situations, no matter the out. Mm-hmm. But he's never hit a career grand slam, and I just I'm always like sitting there, I'm like, man, get your first career grand slam. So get and it, animal. This is finally like, that's awesome, dude. He finally got it, and I'm glad because he is in the twilight of his career, probably maybe a year or two more to go, possibly. Yeah. But, I mean, basically, Red te- uh, red Turn 2 is about done. And, but So he finally got it. So he can at least say, I'm a world champion, and I've also hit at least one Grand Slam in my career. That, that is amazing, dude. That's yeah. cool shit. And, of course, Mookie Betts is just Mookie Betts, and he's just a freaking astonishing. I still can't believe the, your former team gave us him. <laughs> I'm kind of glad. I know you're glad now. I mean, at the time, you were kind of irritated about it. I was. Until you found out they're a bunch of cheaters, you're like, okay, well, you know what? I can go be a Dodger fan. They got Mookie Betts. I like Mookie. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I made it a little bit easier. Yep. All right, so we're going to switch from the diamond to the hardwood. You ready? Let's do it, bro. All right, so before we get to the NBA Finals, we need to quickly discuss a very shocking upset in the world of basketball. Team Nigeria, in an exhibi- exhibition prior to the Olympic Games, upset Team USA 90-87 to in Las Vegas. <laughs> A team built like an all-star roster was beat by a team of little-known NBA players and an NBA coach, Mike Brown, who gets little respect in coaching hiring processes. Um, he's currently an assistant with the uh, Golden State Warriors. Team USA is led by Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs. Team Nigeria was led by Gabe Vincent, who dropped a game-high 21 points on Team USA. Cooper, that's a bit of a... A wake-up call for Team USA. I know we don't have the usual suspects, but we still technically have an all-star team lined up playing together 
that's a little frightening. Yeah, it's a little scary, dude. Uh, especially when you know, uh, Team USA is usually pretty dominant. So yeah. Um, so that, yeah, they better watch out, dude. Yeah, that means we're quite vulnerable. Now, don't get me wrong. I like I said, Mike Brown does get little respect in coaching hiring processes. I think he's actually a good coach. They got some players, um, and one of the NBA's biggest initiatives lately has been playing basketball in Africa, either by having exhibition games there for teams to travel. Obviously, not recently because of the COVID protocols, obviously. But before the COVID issue, pandemic, they were trying to do an outreach program in um, Africa. They're actually trying to work on starting a league, a professional league in Africa, which will technically i guess be kind of like a development league in africa to bring so that way they have a chance to get better coverage by scouts and all that and for teams to see and then you know it so it's kind of nice to see um a team from the continent of africa being so well obviously not dominant i wouldn't say dominant because you only won by three against us but to pull this kind of upset we're talking almost on the levels of Team USA beating the Soviets back in the Miracle Game. You know, that's basically what we're talking about here yeah. on that level. So, what do you think? That's pretty crazy, dude. It really is. Uh, you know, USA better watch out because, you know, um, I think we get a little too big-headed sometimes. Yeah, we too tend to get a little too laxed. And we kind of just assume we're going to roll over an opponent. And uh, sometimes we get opponents who will punch us in the mouth. Yeah. Um, we had that going up, um, I believe, I was, I'm trying to remember, if I don't think it was the 2016 Olympics. I think it was the Olympics before that in 2012 in London when uh, Spain punched us in the mouth in the championship game, or the gold medal game. Uh, we won the game, granted, but Spain let us know they were there. Oh yeah, it man. wasn't an easy victory at all. So um, it's, but I I do appreciate for the um, Nigerian team and the, also for everybody on the continent of Africa to see one of their teams get a uh, a chance to show what they're capable of, and that's a <laughs> that's a great shot to take right there. Yeah, man, it's crazy, dude. Yes, sir. All right, so let's go ahead and switch gears to the finals. Let's do it. So the Phoenix Suns took care of business at home in the NBA Finals and find themselves two wins away from the franchise's first ever title as the series shifts to Milwaukee for games three and four. The Milwaukee Bucks have a lot to figure out tonight to avoid being swept um, by the fresher-looking Suns. The Bucks do know what it is like to be down 2-0 in a series, heading home, and then winning the series as they did again did that against the Brooklyn Nets in the semifinals of the Eastern Conference playoffs. The question will be whether or not the Bucks can help Giannis offensively and find a way to slow down the backcourt combo of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So, Cooper, down 2-0. What shot do you give the Bucks? Yeah. This isn't like playing, you know, like playing the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, uh, you know. The so, semifinals, yeah. Semifinals, so. Yeah, yeah, um... Uh, Phoenix is hot, dude. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think Phoenix is going to roll. Yeah, I still believe Milwaukee will push they this game. They have a chance to push it, but they can't They can't let up at all. Yeah, and I, I think uh, Milwaukee can 
push this to game five back in Phoenix. They'll win one of these two games. I don't think Phoenix can sweep them. I think the Bucks will get some momentum from the home crowd. I think that will probably light a fire under Chris Middleton, um, Drew Holiday, somebody who has to step up offensively to help Giannis. Giannis, who despite a hyperextended knee in playing both games in Phoenix, actually has looked really good. He's still struggling from the free throw line, but that's normal for him, to say the least. His jump shot hasn't really been there. That's normal for him, to say the least. But outside of that, he's looked pretty good defensively. And when he can get to the basket, he's been doing really well. Um, he's actually been working on a turnaround fadeaway shot um, in the post, which has been doing, which has been falling for him. But he's really been the only true bright star offensively for Milwaukee, and that's been hurting them, obviously, because they've lost both games in Phoenix. Well, we'll definitely see what happens with this. So. Yes, sir, we will. Um, so hopefully, I'm still hoping, of course, I still want Phoenix, though, I, I, like I said, I'm not mad if the Bucks manage to come back and win. But like I said, I'd like to see Paul get his first. Giannis is still young enough. He's got a chance um, to get a ring where Paul's, we talked about this with Turner, basically pretty close to the twilight of his career. Oh, yeah. He does, he's 36. He's not going to be at this level that he's been at lately for much longer. He's We already know he's got health issues um, when it comes to staying healthy, through the even through the playoffs. So, I mean... I mean, almost if you're the Bucks, you almost need to see, hopefully have him, I hate to say it, hopefully have him go out for a couple games. Maybe you have a better chance because the way he's been playing, there was literally a point in game one about halfway through the second quarter and he hadn't really scored anything. Paul just said, you know what, screw this. I'm taking this game over and did. And basically they rolled since after that point. And yeah. they've been rolling ever since, uh, halfway through the second quarter of game one. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see to, um, what happens um, the rest of the series. Game three is tonight. Um, you're probably going to be watching the game, so you'll probably be hearing this. So, um, And we do have a poll up. If you, um, I might edit it after tonight's game, saying, depending on what it is, um, series-wise. But let us know what you think on the poll. It's on Facebook. You can find it. Sports Talk uh, Fan Poll is the uh, group name. Join the group if you want to. Send an in uh, request to join. I'll accept you um, and give us your thoughts on the series. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I really like the the poll thing. Yeah, that's, that's I, cool. I'm glad we found it. I'm gonna try to see if I can figure out a way to share it more around so that we can do it um, more than just right more there. More widespread besides just Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Let's try to get more polls in. I mean, we can actually add polls. Uh, there's a poll graphic you can add on TikTok, so we might throw one on TikTok here tonight as well. Um, so, we'll see. We'll see what we do. Sounds good. All right. So, of course, be sure to tune in Tuesday as we got NASCAR talk, baby. We talked the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. That's, that's over. That was quick. That didn't last very long. Yeah, man. <laughs> We're about to see if this series lasts about the same or not. <laughs> it's been crazy. Um, and uh, we do have some NFL news that we have, unfortunately. So, uh, one bit of news that's uh, not good to talk about, but needs to be talked about. <laughs> Happening with Atlanta. I'll talk to you about it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And of course we got, uh, we should be able to do Worldwide Sports Talk. Sorry we couldn't do this last Thursday. Um, I had too much going on at work to be able to work on the notes. And uh, we had to take the kids back Friday. So, And I had stuff to do um, out of the house Friday, so I didn't really have time to do notes, so we just kind of bypassed it and went right into Wrestling Talk. But, of course, next Saturday's Wrestling Talk, tune into that, because we preview Money in the Bank. Oh, yes. Money in the Bank, baby. That's what's up. Money, money, money. Money. Yeah. So, be sure to tune in. we got a lot of good stuff coming up. And also, thir- Thursday, we got to talk about what happened with the Tyson and Wilder fight, and also what happened with... Uh, McGregor Poirier. That didn't go so well. <clears throat> that one. Yeah. Anyway, so be sure to tune in for all those. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. sports. Hey, everyone. This is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at... Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at sportstalk with Cooper in Big Man. That's sportstalk, W I T, Cooper, the letter N, Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.